0: Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. For a whole lot of people, yesterday was not supposed to happen the way it did. A lot of people, more people than you imagined, were expecting what they call the storm. Instead, they got this. Let's just take a moment and watch these final moments of... President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump as they board Marine One headed home to Florida. And then they got this. It is now my great privilege and high honor
1: to be the first person to officially introduce the 46th President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden Jr.
0: And then it was over. Joe Biden, sworn in as president, went to the White House to do some work. Donald Trump, no longer president, went to Florida, presumably to relax and golf. And the sun broke through the clouds and shone on the Capitol Dome in Washington. And if you listened really hard, you could hear not much. Cars, maybe. Birds. The sound of National Guardsmen zipping up their packs to head home? January 20th was supposed to be the drop dead date for the QAnon movement, at least the latest drop dead date. So what happens to a movement when nothing happens? Does the conspiracy die? Does it evolve? Does it slowly waste away? And what happens to believers who in many cases have sacrificed friendships and family relationships sacrifice their credibility and their cash? Did they just wake up and try to pick up the pieces? Or not? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Justin Ling is an author and a reporter who has been following the twists and turns of the QAnon movement for most of this year. Hello, Justin.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Why don't you start before we get into um what's happened since Joe Biden was sworn in. Um what were various QAnon believers expecting to happen on January 20th?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the vast majority of people who follow the QAnon conspiracy never thought Joe Biden would ever be inaugurated. You know, they said that repeatedly a whole part of uh, you know the q mythos has been that something amazing will happen and that donald trump will swoop in at the last minute of course q anon has been sort of the vanguard of the conspiracy that donald trump never actually lost the election it was all rigged you know they were the ones who were doing a lot of that front line you know research I'll put research in scare quotes there uh, that underpinned the Trump campaign's effort to overturn the election you know you can draw a straight line uh, from a lot of the conspiracies that popped up on q forms like 8chan and gab uh, right into uh, the Trump campaign's legal filings around the election right you know a lot of the conspiracies around dominion voting systems Basically, gaining sentience and uh, changing uh, Trump votes to Biden. You know that started on a lot of these Q forms and wound up in those legal filings from Sidney Powell, from Lynn Wood, from the Trump campaign uh, that were an attempt to overturn the results. Uh, and that also founded the belief of some you know Republican senators and congressmen uh, who tried to uh, deny Joe Biden certification of his victory. So they consistently thought. That those efforts would work. When they didn't, they deluded themselves with this sort of magical realism thinking that something would happen today. That, you know, on this stage, you know, as Joe Biden's hand hits the Bible, that there'd be mass arrests that the National Guard was really there not to protect the inauguration, but to set the stage to have Joe Biden and his compatriots arrested. Uh, There was a pervasive belief that a military tribunal would be set up in DC and that all of these folks from Barack Obama to George W. Bush, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, everybody would be arrested and tried for treason. I mean, this is literally what Many of them believed, I'm not exaggerating, this was the bedrock of the faith that QAnon had that today would turn out in their favor. And we're we're talking, you know, 2.30 on Wednesday afternoon. There are still a whole bunch of folks who think that in the next 10 days, it'll all, you know, this inauguration will turn out to be a a ruse. Um, You know, there is a, a tremendous amount of faith from these folks that things will turn around in their favor any given moment and if it's not now then pretty soon and i think it's been hard on many of these folks to watch those predictions consistently fail to come true
0: well yeah you've been keeping an eye on these forums for for a long time off and on but you've also been um pretty glued to them over the past 24 hours or so and as you mentioned we're talking on wednesday afternoon how have they been handling it as you know first Trump departs as he wasn't supposed to. Then nothing happens at the inauguration. Then nothing happens when they inspect the troops and, you know, presumably, knock on wood, uh, no mass arrests take place at the inaugural ball or whatever. But, like, how
1: how do they deal with that uh, consistent disappointment? So I think there's, there's, there's kind of a handful of different camps, right? There is a camp of, of QAnon believers or maybe former QAnon believers who are accepting that things haven't gone their way, who are posting you know right now on a lot of these forums saying you know what that's it i can't do it anymore my faith has been shattered uh, this was all a ruse you know we, we it was it was sort of a, a triple fake out you know none of these predictions are going to come true um either q is never real or they were overplaying their hand, or whatever basically these folks have accepted that none of this is real. Um, I don't know that those people are going to turn around and embrace liberalism tomorrow, um, but at the very least, they seem to be disenchanted and done with this sort of far right conspiracy making. There are other people who have kind of come to the same conclusion, but to a different from a different angle. You know, there are there are people who used to believe this, or maybe who were always kind of in the same. Uh, area of belief but never quite trusted the QAnon thing who are saying well we've been played you know this was all just a gambit for people to make money or get power or whatever but we have the double down on the same mission just not under the ambit of of QAnon these Mm -hmm. are people who are probably very who are I know anti-semitic who are um, you know in some cases homophobic racist who are deeply reactionary and conservative Um, these are people who just fundamentally can't square a Biden administration but who are going to find a new channel for a lot of those grievances uh, and there are there are going to be a bunch of people who who stick with it who you know, convince themselves that this is all part of the plan. I've seen a theory emerge in the last day that says that Joe Biden is in on it, that actually Joe Biden and Donald Trump are working together. That, and this is this is people trying to rationalize yeah. how these predictions keep failing, right? You always have to find a new path to explain everything. There's al- there's always numerology that goes into it. There's always you know, some sort of, of myth-making that you have to do to, to sort of comport What's happening with what you want to happen? Um, so there's a whole bunch of different people kind of taking different off-ramps here. Some are some are sticking with it, like I said. Some are, are finding they're going to leave the movement. Some of them are suggesting they're going to find new outlets for it. Um, but there's a real diversity going on in terms of reaction to this. Uh, and it's going to be curious to see where this all goes next, if it goes anywhere at all.
0: I'm going to read a quick post uh, written by a poster named CodeMonkeyZ, who is uh, the alias, I guess, of a fellow named Ron Watkins. And I'll read it, and then maybe you can kind of offer some context on who Watkins is and why this matters. So uh, this is the post. We gave it our all. Now we need to keep our chins up and go back to our lives as best we are able. We have a new president sworn in, and it is our responsibility as citizens to respect the Constitution, regardless of whether or not we agree with the specifics or details regarding officials who were sworn in. As we enter into the next administration, please remember all the friends and happy memories we made together over the past few days. Why is this a significant thing?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's wonderful in terms of trying to reframe this as, you know, the real QAnon were the friends we made along the way. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. something heartwarming about that. But if you've listened to me to, on the show before, you probably heard me talk about Ron Watkins. He is a really central figure into this whole conspiracy. And I think it's re- he is going to be a key... Character in what happens next. You heard him in that post make a prediction that something else is coming, that he's working on something in the near future that's going to be a channel for a lot of these Q believers, maybe even the disenchanted Q believers, um, for what's you know, happening next. So, Ron is the son of Jim Watkins. Jim Watkins owns and operates 8chan, which is basically where QAnon called home for the last several years. Um, Ron and Jim technically operate in the Philippines, but they've been basically trying to to build the infrastructure to house and encourage the American far right – in some ways the international far right – over the last couple of years, when uh, Q, you know, the the pseud- pseudonymous Q was still posting and 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 delivering these missives to all of these followers, it was Ron who was, you know, quote unquote, verifying them and telling hmm. the legion of QAnon believers that, you know, this post is real. This is from the real Q. And in some cases, would it would even kind of suggest, you know, I've spoken to Q this evening and, and, and he says, and so on and so forth. It's generally believed by people who follow Q really closely and who have done a lot of the digging on this, including some people who used to work for uh, Jim Watkins, that Jim was the voice behind Q, but that Ron had a had a large hand or role to play in crafting the sort of myth-making and ethos of QAnon. What's really conspicuous is that on election day, Ron very abruptly announced his resignation from the 8chan boards where Q posts and basically says he's moving on to other things. He intoned at the time that he was sort of leaving politics and conspiracy theories altogether, but he ended up popping up on Twitter, um, shooting off QAnon-like missives and and really um, playing a central role in, the, in a lot of the made-up nonsense around the election. Um, Ron Watkins ended up getting retweeted by Donald Trump, four or five times with all sorts of nonsense. In fact, the first indication we had from the president that he was going to ask Vice President Pence basically to reject the results of the election in Congress came from Ron Watkins. It was a tweet that he sent out that the president retweeted suggesting that that was on the table. So Ron Watkins has sort of moved off of the QAnon Realm into his own very central role in a lot of the the the, the conspiracy oriented far right, and I think what you're seeing is him realizing that QAnon has an expiration date. He got out ahead of it and and I think is trying to build a role for himself in whatever comes next. Whether that's Donald Trump starting a new political party, whether that's Donald Trump starting a new uh, media organization, or whether it's Ron Watkins getting uh, intimately involved in politics at a more personal level, I think you're going to see him... Become a much more common name in the coming months. He had to, he basically, I think he was banned from Twitter. He, at the very least, he's gone from Twitter. Uh, But he set up shop on uh, far right Twitter clone Gab, as well as encrypted messaging platform Telegram. And I think you'll see him build out his audience on those platforms.
0: So if he has moved on uh, from this movement and and Trump is no longer the president, um, does anyone own this movement? I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there hasn't been. Much, if anything, from uh, whomever Q is uh, since the election. Uh, Is this just amorphous now and people sort of run with it? Um, Nobody's in charge anymore.
1: No, I, I think that's about right. I, I think there is a little bit of an internal struggle going on. Uh there was a a bunch of different Q influencers who are who are now either trying to fundraise um off of the Q kind of hordes, uh, some who are setting themselves up to be a sort of Q like figure. Um, there's a there's an account called Neon Revolt on Gab that has for a long time um, tried to set itself up as sort of as, as being a, a a pillar of this of this movement, um, and in the in recent months has tried to kind of divorce itself from. Uh, Q specifically and create their own little cult of personality. I think that's what Ron Watkins is doing as well. This is, this is hard to some degree. This is sort of Kremlinology to a large extent, trying to figure out the internal personal dynamics of a conspiracy movement that's so rooted in, in distrust and, um, fantastical thinking. Uh, But I think this movement is huge. It is devoted. It is inspired. Fired, and it is um, dogmatic. There is money to be made here and there's donations that will come if you can command this audience. Uh, these people vote. You know, They amplify messages readily. They have sort of a built-in media apparatus. Mm-hmm. Um, they have done a very good job of planting their conspiracy theories in all sorts of media outlets and putting them in the hands of all sorts of Prominent political figures, including some of those who are now elected to Congress and the Senate. So whoever manages to get a grasp on this movement has a very powerful force behind them. We know from these platforms that there are definitely hundreds of thousands of adamant QAnon believers and followers. Some polling suggests that the real numbers could be in the millions, so there is going to be a power struggle to be had here. I think if I were to suggest anybody who has, you know, the, the highest likelihood of of sort of captaining this, this, this ship, it's gonna be Ron and Jim Watkins. You now, whether or not they're successful, I think is another question. I think there's already a level of distrust. I mean, part of the reason QAnon is so effective is that Q is anonymous. You can't really Tag any baggage onto Q. You right. can't accuse them really of of malfeasance or of alternative agendas because you don't know who they are, right? It's really hard to pin negative motives to a letter, to a basically what is a drop box for anonymous missives. As soon as you put a real human face Next to the, you know, next to a lot of a lot of the stuff, it becomes a lot harder to hide from a lot of the baggage. I mean, you know, the Watkins aren't even in America. They fled America many years ago. I mean, they have their own sort of profit motives and they have their own personal agendas that I think will get really litigated if they become the de facto head of this movement. So I think regardless of what happens next, whoever tries to take it over is going to see a fracturing uh, and may not be successful ultimately ultimately in captaining this, this very disparate and and very uh, paranoid movement. Um, but it's going to be interesting to watch them try, I think for sure.
0: I think there's a, a, a bunch of relief out there amongst a lot of people that, you know, there was no violence at the inauguration, everything, you know, proceeded normally. Um, and that, you know, now QAnon has been proven false. But From hearing what you just said, is this a dangerous time um, because there is that movement that is sort of up for grabs and looking for a new direction? I mean, this is a movement that played a huge role in marching on the Capitol in, in which people were killed.
1: Yeah, so you know, getting away from a lot of the um, the internal politics of QAnon, which I think for a lot of people is just still bewildering. You know, what does this mean for uh, politics more writ large? What does this mean for the future of the Republican Party? What does this mean for any attempts that could be on the horizon to storm the Capitol again, or to target Joe Biden, or to organize some sort of popular movement against this administration? The big question is, you know, the, the answer to that is we have no idea, right? Um, I think it's fair to say that QAnon oftentimes becomes the the bodies for this movement, right? Yeah. QAnon does intend to be as well-armed, as, as violent, as well-planned, as, um, you know, as as organized as, say, the militia movement or the Three Percenters or the Proud Boys or so on and so forth, they don't have that command structure. They don't have, they don't seem to have the same popularity amongst retired uh, members of the military that some of those other movements have. They don't seem to command quite as many, um, you know, retired or off-duty police officers. So oftentimes, you, you know, when you have a, a protest, much like the one at on Capitol Hill, you tend to see a huge number of people either espousing QAnon beliefs or repping QAnon or so on, but you tend to see the nuclei of that movement, the people with weapons, the people with body armor, so on and so forth, to be in other movements like the Three Percenters or the Oath Keepers or so on and so forth. You will often don't see QAnon organizing those rallies or driving those rallies. I don't know if that changes. Or I don't know if that continues kind of at the same pace. Mm -hmm. But I think it's fair to say that whatever happens next in terms of that organization against Joe Biden, QAnon, at least in some way, shape or form, will be a part of it. Now, if anyone does manage to sort of wrest control of that movement for themselves, it will be interesting to see if they can direct or organize that energy more pointedly. You know, Q... Never called for protests or never called for specific actions or anything like that. Really, um, so if you get if someone manages to sort of helm that movement in in any sort of capable way and starts you know calling for those sort of protests or actions, I think that could be a very dangerous thing. Uh, we have seen individual members of QAnon in a very isolated fashion um, seemingly commit acts. Of violence. You know, there was a train conductor who tried to derail his train and drive it into a US naval ship that was treating coronavirus patients. You know, we've seen um, Corey Huron, the man accused of of wanting to do harm to the prime minister who drove through the front gates of Rideau Hall, allegedly um, with a, a, a truck full of weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen um, a QAnon believer shoot to death allegedly, a mid-level mob boss in New York City. You know, There's all of these cases of individual members of QAnon willing to engage in acts of violence in the name of their movement. That has not happened on an institutional organizational scale yet. Uh, could it? I don't know. but It's a very good question. And I can imagine that's something the FBI is going to be asking uh, and other local police departments are going to be asking in the near future.
0: On the other side of that coin, I want to ask you how you feel about – uh, the vast majority of these Q followers who, you know, it's become clear uh, to us, obviously, but also increasingly to them um, that they've been duped. You know, I've been looking at some of the screen caps that you've been posting and that other people have been posting uh, after the inauguration. And, you know, they're things like, well, I'm the official laughing stock of my family now, or this is an embarrassment. I'm so humiliated. Um, these are people that have really bought in and. Gotten a, a lot of nothing for their trouble, and you know, is it is it appropriate now to to pity them, to laugh at them, to troll them as some people are doing? I mean, these are also people who have caused a lot of hurt to their family and other folks, and you know, how do you reconcile that?
1: Yeah, so I wrestle with this, right? I you know, I think this is a very good question. Let's start with who does not deserve our pity, right? At the core of QAnon. Yes, there is this belief that you know Trump is God and and he's fighting child traffickers and all that. There's a whole bunch of altruistic stuff that is sort of the front-facing bit of QAnon, but you actually log to these boards, homophobia, racism, sexism, um, you know, all xenophobia is commonplace. It is not just a, a bug of QAnon, it's a feature of it. Mm-hmm. You know, as they were reacting to the inauguration, the pinned post on top of the main QAnon board was a link to a bunch of articles about the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, one of the most notorious and long-lasting anti-Semitic conspiracy theories in human history. Hmm. I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who have for years now promoted And and pumped up anti-Semitic myth-making. You know, I don't have uh, sympathy for people who constantly use racial slurs and homophobic slurs, you know, as they hang out with all their QAnon buds, right? I, I don't. Feel bad for those people. I don't feel bad that they got sucked into this because they wanted to. They were looking for a movement that is reactionary and anti-Semitic and problematic in all of these ways. And they found it in QAnon. And they deserve, I think, in many respects, the mockery and scorn that that they're getting because it's not as though they, they, you know, fell down a rabbit hole like Alice in Wonderland. It's that they were looking for a movement that would that would welcome their horrible beliefs. So for those people I have zero sympathy. Now right. there are people who have fallen into this movement? Who don't go on 8chan, where a lot of this stuff happens? Who don't have an account on Gab? You know, these are people who may have sort of found their way into this movement through Instagram or Facebook or elsewhere. These tend to be older people. In some cases, some of the y- the yoga and wellness community have fallen into QAnon, and these are people who genuinely believe that the government is is making stuff up about COVID nineteen. Who genuinely believe that there is a larger child trafficking problem that the government's not telling us about, who believe that many people in power are like Jeffrey Epstein and are, are, you know, using their positions of power to hide their crimes. Those people really did fall down the rabbit hole in many respects. And I do feel bad for them because, you know, they are not people who I, I think are innately or, or were previously anti-Semitic or homophobic or racist or so on and so forth. These are people who I think are trying to find meaning and reason behind a lot of the horrible things that have happened this year. And unfortunately, QAnon offered them a very compelling tale to believe in. And I think now they're probably in a very rough spot. I think QAnon has been incredibly hurtful for people's mental health. I think it has damaged a lot of personal relationships. And I think it's led people to, to isolate themselves further from the support systems that should be helping them. And I think those people deserve a tremendous amount of sympathy. I think they did something bad in joining QAnon and promoting it and so on and so forth. But I think they are so redeemable. And I think it's just a matter of reaching out to them and convincing them that they made a mistake. And that's it.
0: Justin, I hope uh, we can do that. I hope their friends and family uh, are reaching out to them now because they they certainly seem like they need it. And uh Thank you for talking us through this. And I hope you get to uh, go back to covering things that actually exist now. Maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. me mean, I'm going to keep an eye uh, on, on QAnon. And, you know, I will say if anyone out there is, you know, has friends or family who have fallen into the the Q rabbit hole or maybe themselves have sort of dug into it and are not quite sure what to do now. There's a subreddit that that is is for um people who have loved ones or who themselves are leaving this sort of conspiracy and who just want some help, who just want to chat with people. What's it called in case somebody needs it? Yeah, so it's called the it's it, you know, I think people are really driven to doing puns of Q. It's the cult headquarters so it's qult underscore headquarters and it's it's on reddit uh, and it's you know a lot of folks who who are getting together to chat about their loved ones their their partner their mother their kid their brother whatever who have fallen down this rabbit hole and in some cases it's success stories about convincing those folks that they've been duped or that they've fallen down this you know this 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 wormhole and just need a little bit of a helping hand to get out so in some cases it's not entirely depressing there's some good news stories in there Hopefully there's lots more to come. Thank you, Justin. Thanks.
0: That was Justin Ling. And that was The Big Story. And that was maybe the end of QAnon as a topic here. For more from us, including past episodes about QAnon, you can head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can find us on Twitter, as you know, at TheBigStoryFPN. You can also talk to us via email. The Big Story Podcast, that's all one word, all lowercase, at rci.rogers.com. And as always, we're in your podcast players, Apple and Google and Stitcher and Spotify. If you like us, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Thanks for listening. I am Jordan heath and we will talk tomorrow.